Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. That's not me. I thought there was a passion bumper video. Like the mag. Let's wait. Envision this video. When you think of someone who's passionate, what comes to mind? When we think of passion, Jesus comes to mind, his passion for God, us, and compassion for all. Wow. Maybe you've heard of a church's statement of faith. This is a take on that, and we believe passions inspires us more than a statement. But hey, you can also read our statement of faith at citylifelancing.com forward slash statement of faith. Hi, I'm Jerome. Good to see you today. I get to serve as the pastor here. This magazine is our vision mag, but about us, and we have been going through a series for the last three months called We Are. We've had this magazine for sale in the lobby at the Connect Center, but today we want to make sure they're in everyone's hands. So if you don't have one of these, they're free, and they're also free online under the resources tab on our website. On this date... 2005, a very passionate 25-year-old was getting ready to marry a very passionate 21-year-old, and they were passionate about each other. And when I woke up that day, my haircut the previous day was botched, and I had to find a haircut place on a Saturday morning. So it's Slim Pickens. So I find myself at the local grocery store with the barbershop that's built in, and that's not shaming them, but I didn't get the A-team haircut that day. Then I go to pick up my tux, and I forgot to go earlier in the week because of all the planning, and I assume, yeah, it's going to fit me, and then I get there, and it's tiny coat. <laughs> but none of that mattered because the passion to marry my bride, that was all in the rear view. And today, we celebrate 18 years, five kids later. But can you imagine on your wedding day if it's kind of like, yeah, I do, I guess. It has to have some passion, right? We pray today that you would see passion, the passion of God for you, for us. But that passion is synonymous with action. Anytime. We're passionate. It starts to inform our daily actions. And we don't just want to be people that hear it or talk it. We want to be people that are inspired to do something about it. Now, Jesus is our example. Look at Matthew 14. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion. So what did he do? Just be like, oh, I love them? No, he went and he healed them. And he's still doing this today. The passion of Jesus is impacting our lives daily to bring healing through the body of Christ, through me and you. And as we close the last few passions here at City Life, we want to be a people that understand that we are passionate because of his passion for us. So we'll be going through the passions 9 through 11. The future is the youth, living is giving, and dreamers. And if you notice that we did not take up an offering yet, because that will be right in the middle there, living is giving. 
I heard a stat from the Barna Research Group in the mid-2000s, shortly after we had gotten married, that wrecked me. That stat was 80% of people who choose to follow Jesus or responded or are chosen, however you get into that scenario, but people that are saying, Jesus, I'm in, I want all of you, I want to follow you, 80% takes place before the age of 18. Like, let that, let that hang for a minute. And then I think, okay, if that is true, then I have to think as a person who longs to see people engaged in all that God has for them, that they can be born again and live a life in full flourishing of how God made them on a blueprint with heaven's design, not in the darkness and that the, the way of the world and the deceitful evil one would like to lead us astray, but in God's narrow path that would want to lead us to life. Well, then therefore, shouldn't 80% of my efforts be for those before the age of 18? Then it starts to really rubber meets the road. When we think of even how we uh, structure our budgets or as adults in the room, we, you know, when we can write the check, a lot of times we want to influence what's going to happen. And this isn't to knock on the church, but if we're the top givers, and let's just say anyone 40 or over or 35 or older, and what happens is, is we want to build a fellowship hall so we can hang out. And then maybe one day we'll keep the youth down there, and then we wonder why the churches aren't thriving, and at some level there's a shelf life, because the youth aren't an afterthought. They can't be. Whether we have kids or we don't, the youth is the future, the future of the church. The world gets this very clear, whether that's sports, there you have a pipeline, <laughs> children's sports. The military gets this, they're recruiting ads on TV and show up in schools. But church, I pray that we get it. Now, one of the main uh, rebuttals could be in our mind that, like, well, I don't have kids and I, I'm not relevant with kids anymore. Well, even whether we have biological children or not, the kids are still looking up to us and it takes a village to raise the children, and every one of us have an impact on the future. There's a picture in the hallway that shows, uh, um, it's got Devin holding up one of our kids, and the kids has, and you can see it as you exit in online, you just got to go with me and listen to this, but Devin's holding up one of the kids, and they got a costume on, and their eyes uh, got the glasses and the nose and the fuzzy mustache, and it's so fun, but I, I think it, it, it communicates something way more than just holding them up with the silly costume. It, one, it says, am I keeping the kid alive? And then two, am I lifting up the next generation? Like, am I? Do we want our ceiling to be their floor? Or do we kind of want to hold them down? See, it's a posture in how we even see them and everything we do. So where Kit City right now is not an afterthought. It can't be. That's why we put some of our best and our brightest leaders back there. Because we want to see disciples made in the most influential time of their life. And if that stat is still holding to be true, that 80% of followers come to believing in Jesus before the 18, then church, I pray that we understand that we have to be passionate about the future of the world until Jesus returns and the youth are a part of it. Look at Psalm 127, verse three. It says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. 
Now, before I had kids, and I'm still not even like pro-team kid world all the time, if I hear a kid crying at Meyer, it's nails on a chalkboard. I'm like, somebody get the kid. Get the kid. Get the kid. Give them what they want. Give them, what do they want? You want candy? Get it to them. Can I give it to them? You know, and then you start parenting, oh, I would never do that, or you see someone be too harsh and, and be quiet, or, you know, we have our whole thing, we project of what we would do until you're in this scenario, and it's your kids crying, and then you're trying to push two carts, and you're just trying to get through the thing in a triage state, and you're like, okay, and then you got to remember this, children are a heritage from the Lord. <laughs> we do. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Jeremiah 1, 5, followers of Jesus. Separate politics for a moment, party or even person, however somebody votes. And if we're followers of Jesus, look at how scripture records when life starts. Jeremiah 1, 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Life is precious, y'all. Matthew 19, 14, and Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs to the kingdom of heaven. Now, face value in our context, this is really hard to understand because we know that somebody should take care of a child. If somebody's sticking up for the rights of a child, we will get their back, typically, for a blanket statement in our context. But if you rewind 2,000 years ago, children are not seen with that same type of reverence, prestige, or intentionality. They're seen as marginalized people group because they can't add any value yet. They're not able to fight in war when they're really young. They just take. They're not able to give until they're old enough that they could maybe work on the farm or help out. And therefore, children, age, is marginalized. Gender, women were marginalized. Different ethnicities were marginalized. And what you'll see is Jesus is always stepping past those margins. And what he's saying here is that people group that you see as outcast or second tier or forgotten are not just like put on a shelf for a season, but that is where the kingdom's at. And so see them and understand that I want them to come to me. So this could also be understood that in all people groups, God wants people that are forgotten, that are pushed out, that are oppressed to be able to come. And then how much more even so would we think of a child? So of course, face value, it also holds crazy weight. But then there's the the chapter before, look at Matthew 18. Y'all still with me? All right, let's go. We're ending the series today. I'm passionate. I'm looking forward to seeing some new graphics too. (laughs) I'm one of those guys, you see something for three months, you're like, okay, I've seen that bumper 3,000 times. Matthew 18 says, in calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like a child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. Are we there yet? 
Dad, what do you want? I humble myself before you. No matter what age we are, we are still children to God. It's key to know. Some of the most sober moments in my life has been um, visiting people in their last stage of life, whether that's senior citizen home or hospice, and specifically my grandma. And I remember showing up there for a few years. And in all of the rooms, there was children's dolls and toys and pictures. And I'm like, that even at the last stage of life, somehow that we would want to keep the kid alive. And I hear this often, that even though the body's decaying, the child's still in alive. So church, I want to give you permission for a minute. Why do we get so old in here? We know this thing's getting old. We don't have to get old in here. And God tells us that to receive the kingdom, be like a child, y'all. That doesn't mean that we don't have responsibilities. Of course we do. But a little bit freedom to just not be so stiff. Maybe you can't move as well as you used to, but Let's keep the kid alive on the inside. And so we're praying for the passion of heaven to be a church that would understand that the future is the youth, but that's also us seeing ourselves in the youth. And we want our best investment, our best yes, to be in the next generation. And I'll leave this passion before we transition to the next one with this thought. I asked my pastor, Brad Leach, who is the parent church to City Life Lansing, City Life Philly. And so several years ago, before our church began, it sat with us at a table dreaming what could be, what must be, and then let's go. Well, he'll be here next weekend. And so if there's a weekend that I would strongly encourage you not to miss, please be here. I believe he has a word from God on the cusp of Love the City Week for us. And so that is a plug for you to be at church next week or invite somebody or tune in at all. Brad Leach will be in the building. And as I was on the phone with him recently for a coaching call, I asked him, what do we do thing? What can we do to leave a legacy? Because being mid-40s now, thinking through, okay, what is 50s gonna look like, 60s gonna look like, and being intentional, not just waiting until we get there, but thinking through, okay, how can, until the Lord returns, we invest the best into the most highest return on investment. And he said two things I think we can never forget. One, we have to always be starting new things that keeps us in faith in some way, shape, or form. Like the Love the City block parties, that's a new thing. And every year there's, a, you know, there's some type of new activity and that's kept us in faith. So we're like, okay, check. And then he said number two, and this is what got me. He says, we have to always be intentional about a church that's investing in the next generation. And plural, generations. And as we get a little bit more seasoned, I pray that this would be a holy, sacred moment that we wouldn't forget. So teachers, parents, our work matters. Everyone, our work matters. Whatever we do in the name of Jesus for our children, I believe is one of the best ways we can invest our lives. And how practically that plays out is you just might see a kid and pray for him. You might want to continue to invest in a church that is making a priority to Kid City. You might want to maybe invite one of your nieces or nephews or just think of how you could lift up somebody's arm who's 
maybe having a tough time as a single parent. And ultimately, I just pray that we know that the future is the youth. Amen? Next passion, living is giving. What do we mean by that? Living is giving. Well, before we do that, I want you to see a little bit of excitement of what we meant, like what we're giving towards, and it tied with youth. Check out what happened just a couple weeks ago for the Kid City Camp, y'all, and think that it took dollars to put this on, so these two are tied. It's amazing. Check it. Whoa, welcome back to Kid City Camp. It's been four years, four long years. We are passionate about what is happening with the youth. We went to Disney World, and the last thing I was thinking about was how much money we were spending because everything was awesome, it felt like. It was a Lego movie. Buy it, try it, yes, sure, souvenir, you want that? Oh my goodness, and you're just spending money, 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 money. Wow, I'm entertained. Are you entertained? Are you not entertained? I was entertained. As a consumer, it was awesome. Now, I know Disney's got some agendas that I'm not aligned with, but for that day and that time and that moment and that week, our family, when I heard the Star Wars music cued, I got emotional and cried. And it didn't matter how much money it cost. And that's fiction. We believe the good news of Jesus Christ, the only name that can save mankind. No one can come to the Father but through him. He's the way, the truth, and the life that the local church that God is using, his bride, his boo thing, he loves her. It's his vehicle to communicate to the world that he lives and that you can be made brand new and you can come home. Are we seeing it with that type of reverence? Because this is a message we believe to be true. And then do we invest accordingly? You know, sometimes when we talk about tithing, even that is just so shallow. We got to remember what we're doing, the passion of what we're a part of. A good news church, making disciples, loving the city one life at a time. We talk to our kids often that we don't just want to be consumers, be entertained. We want to be contributors. 
So we'll have to stop at moments and say, well, go pick up that trash maybe on our street. And, you know, they get a little bummed or discouraged, just like, I want to go home and rest and hang out and watch a show too. And they're like, I don't want to do it. And we say, okay, okay. So somebody else do it? Do we just want to take or do we want to give? Do we just want to get or are we going to invest? And if we don't pick it up, who will? Now, this isn't supposed to be heavy or hard where we got to do everything, but I, there is a direct correlation when God talks about money that it's, it's a string right to our heart. And money's not bad, y'all. It's the love of money that leads to the root of all kinds of evil. Money's not bad. It's the love, the improper order. We can't serve God and money, and therefore we have to prioritize God and I would pray, and I hope this, his church. We don't want a church to be under-resourced. We hire our staff. We do ministry budgets, the kids, everything we do with Love the City based upon how much dollars come in. It's just as simple as that. Now, I know there's some characterized versions in, in, in some uh, health and wealth prosperity gospel that's been out there where somebody buys a jet with money. But friends, we're in a community center at 5825 Wise Road on the south side of Lansing. There's no private jets going on. There is a Love the City truck out there that takes gas and insurance and all that. And every dollar we get to give goes to this mission that we're here. We want to see heaven in Lansing, heaven in the 517, and heaven in the world. World. But when if I audit and, and, and being transparent today, if I look at the ledger of my statement, it will show me what I'm most passionate about, wherever I spend my money I'm most passionate about, which oftentimes is eating out or just, and I know instantly maybe money, if you don't have the right amount of income coming in, that is a separate conversation. Okay, how do you have more income than what's going out? And, 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 and there's programs and assistance and all that, but I pray structurally to the very beginning, when we get dollars in, what do we do with them? Do we see them as ours or are they God's? First, is it grace that we could work? Is it grace that we get to steward dollars, y'all? Look at Matthew 6. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And then look at verse 24. No one can serve Verse 24, back there, one, one slide. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So if that's true, friends, let me just submit this to you today. You know the quickest way to prove that you're not serving money is to be generous and let go. That's it. When, when I give... It's also like selfishly. I don't want that tied to my soul. Now, when we understand giving, we, ne- we also have to understand structure of saving and investing and being able to spend. But, but let's get first things first. First things first. 
God wants a cheerful giver, absolutely. Look at 2 Corinthians 9, 6, 7. It says, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So each must want to give what is they decided in their heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So here we are in the New Testament, New Covenant. Do we have to give? Uh, there's a lot of debate. Where I fall on this is, is the tithe of the law still pertinent? And I think it is, it is, it is like such a distant conversation. I think the answer is, of course, that's the floor, 10%. But I believe we see in the New Testament, their hearts have been captivated that there's more. That they're not thinking, well, what do I get out of this? What do I get out of this? It's just like, I want to give. I want to live that upside down kingdom. I want this message out there throughout the whole world. That the church the remnant of God, the kingdom of heaven is the most important thing that I could invest in. Well, look at Malachi, and this is where, uh, just to even understand that we could be robbing God, that he reminds them this warning. Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But if you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and con contributions. You are cursed with the curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Verse 10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that the ministry would be funded in what God is doing, that there may, may be food in my house, that there may, therefore, you would put me to the test, says the Lord of the hosts, if I will not, uh, if I will not open the he uh, windows of heaven for you and pour down you a blessing until there is no more need. Now, this part is where we get really hung up on, like, okay, well, I, I should have a lot. I, I'm testing God, and there's no more need. But need does not mean that I need to buy Jordan once. Like, test God, though. You know, we say this, is that you're not giving to us, you're giving to God through the church. Because if you're giving to the church, you want, you want the church to give you, what am I getting? Give me a Disney experience. The church is a people. If we're under-resourced, look, hey, look around, friends. And a lot of us, were like instantly uncomfortable because we're like, you, you don't know how hard it is. You don't know how bad it is. Look, if God's ways are perfect and beautiful, and when he leads us into something, it's not to shame us or make it feel heavy. It's he wants to free us. And if he's teaching us about money and he's saying, hey, don't rob me, bring the tithe a tenth first into my storehouse, and we believe specifically the local church. I know we got all these bills to pay, but may we start first with what he cares about. So let me just then uh, slow down from a little bit of passion and say, well, why wouldn't somebody give? I think it's fair. Maybe it is just a struggle with faith of really trusting God. Second could just be the trust piece. Like, God, I, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can trust the church. And the third could just be just information. Like, what, what's happening? You know, every year we send out to the givers in this church a report of just what takes place. Our structure, I don't have time to get into all of it, but we use an outside accounting firm. Every dollar that comes in, we invest 10% because we believe in it too as a church minimum. We've always exceeded those averages, but 20% two, two, uh, of that 10% goes to church planting. 30% goes to world missions. And then 5% goes to the local missions of Love the City and all that's taking place. And the remaining 90, which we operate on a budget of 90% of the previous year to steward to make sure there's margin going forward because we want this thing to be sustained. 
not city life, the church. And as city life continues to grow, evolve, may it always be open to any type of partnerships, connections, because we want to see the kingdom come, not just the logo out there. We want to see the good news proclaimed. We want to see disciples made, and that's what we get an opportunity to give to. And we'll play a video in just a moment, and we're about to, you know, start closing here with the passions. But, um, you know, sometimes one of the critiques could be, well, did Jesus teach about tithing? Did he teach about tithing? Well, well, look what he says in Matthew to the Pharisees, and he reminds them, he says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier things. I think this verse assumes that a a tithing person just happens. It's like, well, you tithe, good. I don't have that against you. Because sometimes we take this as, well, I I don't want to be a tither. Okay, come on, read the book of Acts and you're going to be wrecked. They're giving everything. And I'm not even saying that we should do that. I believed in this message way before I ever got a paycheck from a church. Genuinely. Why? Because I'm not Am I entertained? I don't believe the message we carry is fiction. I believe it has the power to save mankind. I don't want the church under-resourced. When we go to uh, get a new light or the sound that's been happening for the last three weeks and we have a sound consultant coming next uh, week to try to help us out, which will be a few grand, and try to make sure that the, the message is getting out there in a quality way, but we recognize we're not here to perform. So there's always going to be a level of, who cares, join the party, it's a mess. I don't want them to feel the weight backstage like, dang, the sound went out again. No, man, the sound team here is the best team I've ever seen pound for pound of any church in the world, (laughs) period. But he says, hey, here's the weightier things. It's the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. When I think, hey, it's, it's love the city. These you ought to have done without, without, this is, without neglecting the others. So it's like, hey, of course when you give, but why do you give? That's the heart. So to sum it up, we give to God through the church and to others. We give to God through the church, and then we also give offerings to others. And there's a song that Rob G. wrote called The Land of the Opposites, and he has a, he, it's just how the upside down kingdom, and it just inspires me to live differently. And I pray that it would inspire you. This is opposites. This is the land of the opposites. This is the land of the opposites. This is the land of the opposites. So obvious, but so quickly we forget. This is the land of the opposites So obvious but so quickly I forget Let the weak say I have strength Let the poor say I am rich Let the sick say I am healed Let the slaves say I am free I am free Let the meek say I am bold Let the proud say I am nothing Got a seat so smart you could lose it in your pocket 
This kingdom's coming so strong The world will never stop it Jesus is truth, he was more than just a prophet This kingdom's coming so strong The world will never stop it The world will never stop it Let the broken say I am whole Let the humble say I will rise I will rise Let the sad say I have joy Let the old say I'm a child Let the first say I am last Let the lost say I am found I am found Let the king say I am low Let the accused say I'm forgiven Let the wretch say I have hope Let the orphan say I know my father But you can climb and climb to the top Hope one day it'll flip and everything will drop God seems so small You could lose it in your pocket This kingdom's coming so strong The world will never stop it Jesus is truth He was more than just a prophet This kingdom's coming so strong The world will never stop it Climb to the top, and one day it'll flip, and everything will drop. Or you can climb and climb to the top, or one day it'll flip, and everything will drop. You can climb and climb to the top, and one day it'll flip, and everything will drop. Or you can climb and climb to the top, or one day it'll flip, and everything will drop. And everything will drop. They hear the flip, and everything will drop. Woo! Hello, friends. My name is Jeremy Nybert, and I'm a Board of Trustees member here, and uh, I get to lead us in giving today. Now, I'm half tempted just to say ditto, because Pastor Jerome did such a good job, but I'll give it a shot. Um, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 19, verse 21. Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Whew. Now, Jesus knew, I believe, that to give radically, we had to be transformed within our hearts. And so I think that's why he asked the young ruler, all right, if you want to put your money where your mouth is, go sell everything, come follow me, which was tough. He said no. Um, and I don't think it's about what he actually had that's what mattered. It was where his heart was. Um, what I believe, just from giving and tithing to summarize it up, is uh, that we don't actually own anything. Everything is God's. You know, we show a deep level of trust in Jesus um, by giving towards his mission. And the reason we give is we give to share the good news, to make new disciples, uh, and to help the poor. And so Victoria and I have been wrestling with this the last couple months, just how can we steward 
um, and give back and show them that we can be trusted with what we have. And so I just ask that as you guys think about this, uh, you just take that on yourself. Um, we have a few ways to give today. You can go to citylifelancing.com. Uh, you can go to the Church Center app as always. Text any amount to 84321 uh, or cash, check, or card as we pass the buckets. Um, one quick note, we are two weeks away from Love the City, which we're all getting excited for. We have a big goal this year, $65,000. You can see on the screen, uh, we've got about $15,000 there, which means we've got $43,000 to go. So we just ask that you know, please help us out on this. A couple more weeks, uh, and we're just really excited. All right, let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you that your promises are absolute, that we can trust you, and that you're everything to us. We just ask that you please open up our hearts and help us to steward what you've given us. We ask that you bless the tithe and giving today. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen. What's more powerful than hate? Love. That's the key ingredient to every great recipe. And that's why it's Love the City. Picture pulling up to the stoplight and the truck rolls by with a big heart painted all on the side And you don't really know for sure then the logo told you what's inside is city life and we ready to ride And so you follow the ride Don't even matter where the truck pop up We untuck God's love every time we pull up We bear gifts, no strings attached And trying to walk it like we talking So our words and our actions match So bring all of your amigos, it's action packed We spread love, no malice from the front to the back all sides, all races, all faces, all places, all the time All people, one life at a time Hear what I'm saying, so real when I rhyme The urgency is urging me to be real Every word that I rhyme Making disciples every word of my lines Until we take over the city in his name One life at a time We are We've covered a lot of ground the last three months You can revisit it on any of the platforms whether that's YouTube or podcast or also in the print material. But to seal the day today and even seal this series, our last passion is that we're dreamers. We won't have all the time to teach about it today, but I think if there's one thing I would love that for us to understand as dreamers, when we're in Jesus, we're living the dream. We have him. Jesus says that if you abide with me, you can bear much fruit, and apart from me, you can do nothing. And we wanna be people that dream big, absolutely. Like, what are the wildest dreams God put in your heart? He can do more than we ask, think, or imagine, according to his will, that lines up with him and his purposes. But if we dream big, let's be people that start small, one life at a time. So the passion of heaven started with one life, Jesus, giving everything he had to buy back the one life, me and you, so that we could be made right with God and be home with God, not just for a lifetime, but forever and ever and ever and ever. So maybe you're here today and you say, hmm, I, I just don't have any passion anymore. I find myself tired on the journey. Passion just seems foreign. 
Well, what is powerful about God is it's not something that we have to muster up. It's not that we are strong. It's not that we are passionate. It's a posture of receiving. So as we worship and we sing our Father, no matter where you're at in this place, tired, heavy, hearted, wrestling, doubt, fear, afraid, alone, caught in sin, if you haven't come back home to Jesus, I pray that you would call out to his name today and he will not cast you out. If you believe he's the, the, the savior of your life, just God, forgive me, make me new, lead me, be my Lord. And he'll clothe you and cast away your sin from the left to the right and we just follow him all the days of our life and get connected with him through his body, through his church of what we are. We are the living, breathing church of God. But may this be a prayer also for us that we want the glory of God to go forth. That's our dream. We want to be connected with God and that we want to receive the passion of heaven today as we sing our Father. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.